Welcome to the Empower From Within podcast presented to you by Trezal House. I'm your host, Jessica West, founder, author, speaker, and coach. Every week on the show, I share an inspiring interview with an incredible entrepreneur, author, healer, or change maker to tell their empowering story. At the end of each episode, I highlight the key self-empowerment takeaways to help you discover the limitless power you have within yourself to reach for your greatest desires and create the life that's truly worth living on your terms. I'm so happy to have you here with me today and together, let's go within. Hello and welcome back to the show. I hope you're having an amazing week so far. Before we get into today's episode, I have a question for you. How is your self-image? Self-image runs so much deeper than the reflection that we see in the mirror. It's actually the belief that we hold of ourselves. And the belief that we hold of ourselves is often all that we get to experience in life because we only ever act in accordance with what we believe to be true for us. This Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm hosting a virtual self-image boot camp where we're going to dive into the belief that we hold of ourselves and start writing our new self-image script that supports us in achieving the life that we truly desire. If you're interested in joining, I would love to have you. Follow the link in the show notes of this episode to register for free. I can't wait to see you there. All right, on to today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Sammy Ferens. He's a veteran, an NLP and John Maxwell master coach, a speaker, and the author of the book, Broken Gratitude. He helps people discover a life of gratitude while navigating a life of chaos. Today, he shares parts of his story with us and the key moments in his life that inspired and propelled him towards living in gratitude and writing his book. He also shares how having a mission instead of goals in life can help fuel us forward. Some of these stories might just leave you absolutely speechless and in a state of complete awe. And so without any further ado, let's dive right into it. Please welcome Sammy Ferens. Hi, Sammy, and welcome to the Empower From Within podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today and excited for our conversation. How are you doing for starters? I am doing super awesome today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure to have you here. I would love to start off our conversation today with, you know, maybe you telling us a little bit about your background and how did you get into this mindset material and being the NLP coach and speaker that you are today? Well, I, uh, so I opened up a, uh, a construction company about 13 years ago. And for the first seven years, I did everything wrong. I mean, absolutely not one thing was right. And it was very uh, up and down and yay, look at me. I got a hundred bucks and yay, look at me. I'm a hundred bucks in the hole. And I mean, it was just, it was really crazy chaos. And um, about seven years in, a gentleman invited me to go to a networking event. I'd never even, I didn't even know what networking was. So, you know, I said, okay, yeah, I'll go do this thing. Sure. And we get there and he says, hey, you're going to have to stand up in front of people and tell them who you are and what you do and all that. And uh, I stood up in that room and I was automatically hooked. I loved it. I mean, it was just so empowering just being up there. You know, I've always been kind of the class clown. And so being the center of attention wasn't a bad thing for me. You know, so standing up in front of everybody, it was really cool. And I said, okay, what do I got to do to figure out how to do more of this? You know, because this is way funner than doing construction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I, I started looking into like uh, more networking groups, more ways to just stand up that way and, and be in front of people. And a lady invited me to a uh, NLP training and I didn't know what NLP was. Had no idea. And she said, well, I think you'll like it. Just come to this. It's a little like, I think it was four hours. Come and it's just a description of all of it. And, you know, I I think you'll enjoy it. I said, okay, I'll come. And so I sat there for four hours and I questioned the whole four hours, the lady that was on the stage talking about everything and didn't believe her, thought she was full of crap and, 
just the whole thing. And at the end of the four hours, she come off stage and she was kind of meandering around and come over to me. And we had, we did make a connection. She was a veteran. I was a veteran or I am a veteran. And uh, she said, so what'd you think? And I looked this lady square in the eyes and I said, I think you're full of crap. I said, this seems like a bunch of hoo-hoo, foo-foo stuff. And and yeah, no, I, I think you're full of crap. And But I do appreciate you speaking today. And, and that, that was nice and all. And this is what NLP taught me, what I'm about to say. She knew exactly what to say to me in that moment to change my mind. And it was simply this. Sammy, that's cool. Success isn't, isn't for everybody. And she turned around and walked away. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Uh-uh, no, uh. <laughs> and I chased her down. And I said, where do I sign up? Because I'm going to show you. And uh, so I went through the whole training. And in that, we do, we do you, you do a lot of, uh, you know, the, the mindset behind speaking and, you know, what it is to get up in front of a crowd and just the whole thing. And again, I just, I fell in love with it. And so that's my, uh, now that's my passion. I just, I just want to stand in front of people and help them achieve that shift that I had that day. Cause it, it was life-changing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> what a great, what a great question. I mean, when you were saying that, I, I was thinking like, oh yeah, what does she say? Like, well, what is this going to be? What a great point. Success isn't for everyone. That kind of perks everybody's ears up, right? And like, wait, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely perked mine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's that's really interesting. And was was that what kind of got you interested into business and sales? Because that's what you started to do when you started your TikTok, right? You had started to make videos yeah. to help people with their business and sales. But then something interesting happened when you started sharing your videos is that instead of getting all of the business and entrepreneurs attention, a lot of people with, from the mental health community started reaching out to you with the most like inspiring stories to share. So can you tell us a little yeah. more about that? Yeah, the uh, so with the NLP stuff, I really fell in love with like the brain science behind mm-hmm. why we do what we do and why we think the things we think and, and just in the body language and, and all of it. I was, I really fell in love with it. And so I thought I love doing sales. And what the part that I loved about sales in my own company was, it was we're mainly a painting company. I was always like, man, I love it when the customer comes in at the end of the job and like, we've changed their house. And in that moment, I can see that we changed their life. I was like, man, that's so cool. I want to give that out through through videos. Like I want to help people be better at sales and business so they can give that gift to their clients. Like, man, whoa, look at what I'm going to do for you and this amazing thing. And, And so what started out as like mindset videos behind sales and business and the thought process of why you're, you know, why you're talking to a customer that way and, and what you should say. So it had a lot of word association. Yeah. It, um, business people didn't reach out. Instead, I was getting messages from people that said, dude, I seen your video and, and I've been fighting depression for, you know, two weeks. Uh, like it was hard for me to get out of my bedroom. And I listened to your video and, and dude, I, just thank you so much. I'm standing in my kitchen or I'm outside today and I haven't been outside in two weeks and stuff like that. And I was like, hmm, well, that wasn't the plan. Wait a minute. This, I don't. And, and literally at the very beginning, I was like, I don't know anything about mental health. Why are these people reaching out to me about their depression and anxiety and I was helping people through traumas and, and uh, unfortunately I was helping people also that are facing that moment of, of taking their own lives. And I was going, wait a minute, wait a minute, this, I'm trying to help people make some money through sales and not do this. 
And instead of fighting it, because so many of us want to fight that feeling. And to me, being a Christian, I, I, uh, I look and I go, okay, well, I guess there's a different path that old God wants me to be on right now. Now I got two choices. I can fight it and say, look, God, I control my life and I'm going to go down this path that I want to go. Or I can accept this path that he's trying to gift me right now, because that's what he's doing. He's gifting you another choice. And, and let's see where that goes. And so I said, all right, I'm all in. You, you show me where we're going and I'm headed that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's so yeah. powerful. You know, and, I, and I'm glad you brought this up. And we were talking about this before we started recording. And the fact that, you know, God was giving you two choices and I, and I'm curious to hear, like, if you would continue, you know, the way that you were trying to reach the entrepreneurs, um, like, would that kind of feel like an uphill battle? Cause I feel like sometimes there's always a path that's a little more resistant requires a little mm-hmm. more work, like strenuous effort on our part. And then there's a path that just seems like flow downstream you know abraham hicks talks about like take downstream don't go upstream and so i'm just curious to you in that moment like did you feel a difference between like okay do i pivot and speak more to the mental health community or do i continue with what i did or with what i plan to do with the entrepreneurs oh yeah yeah and and yeah you do feel a difference the difference for me is this uh either way you're going to have struggles and and Mm -hmm. fights and 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 all that stuff you're going to have turns and curves and you know everything but it's how fast i can overcome obstacles now and it's almost you you almost turn it into a game sometimes not every time but sometimes of oh cool somebody put this obstacle in my way i'm going to get around this thing you know and and it's a road that you want to travel even more than the one that you thought you wanted to travel. You know, if I was still really going after the uh, the business community, the sales and all that, I, I'm sure I would be doing okay. I'm sure I'd be successful in that. I'm, I'm a pretty driven person. But what I've been having as much fun and joy and happiness and pleasure out of doing it, that I could probably say no, you know. And, you know, again, that's to me, that's he threw another path at me. And it's like, I, I know you don't trust me, Sammy. I know. But just just check it out. Just go that way for a little bit and let's see what happens. And and you got to put that trust in there, you know, and and I did. And it has been uh, I, I can honestly say it's been the best decision of my entire life. You know, because I really do feel like I found my my purpose in life, my mission, you know, and it's an absolute mission. You know, uh, I know you're in Canada. I'm, I'm down here in the United States and our veterans, we face, a, a you know, 20. It's estimated that 22 veterans commit suicide a day. And it is my mission not to lower that number, to help it go to zero. That's incredible. It's yeah, really incredible what you're doing. And can you talk about the difference between having a mission or having a goal? Like there's a distinct difference between there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, what, what brought this all up was uh, I went to a meeting with uh, a bunch of heads of veteran organizations, me being a veteran, I got invited to come and I was just, as a guest, not even a speaker or anything, just somebody to come sit in. And I'm listening to these organizations, VA, the veterans, the VFWs, the all these different places. And it's like, it's like they really don't have a clue. They want to help. People got big hearts. They want to help. They want to, they don't want to see soldiers committing suicide. They don't want to see anything negative like that, even, even kind of happening. But it was like sitting in a room with people that were just lost and confused with no answer. And I stood up in that meeting and I said, you need to give these veterans a mission. Because in the military, from the minute you get in, you're going into basic training till the minute you get out. Everything is mission based. 
And in basic training and then in AIT, you actually are trained for the mission, like your life. That's what it is. It's a total reset of your brain that everything is a mission, everything. Brush your teeth. That's the mission today. You know, comb your, well, in the military, you don't really have much hair, uh, you know, but, but, but everything down to the slightest thing was a mission. Have your boots shined a certain way. Have your uniform look a certain way. And there was no if, ands, or buts. There was no excuses why your boots weren't shined, why your brush, your teeth weren't brushed. I mean, you mission-based. And the problem that veterans are having is when they get out, they get into a civilian world that is full of goals and goals and aspirations. And, and I'm not against goals. For civilians, that's fine. But as a civilian and a civilian mindset that hasn't been through the type of training, how many of us know or are the person that says, all right, I set them goals. And if I don't get to my goal, well, that's okay. I mean, I tried real hard and eh, I wish I get to my goal. I hope I get my goal. And for veterans, it's like, no, I don't need a goal. I need a mission. I need something that there's no excuses, no ifs, ands, or buts. It has to be done. And so that's the difference between a goal and a mission. And that's also the, the for me, that's one of the huge driving forces in, in helping veterans come away from that suicide mindset is give them a mission, give them something. And it's not just veterans, you know, civilians the same way. Don't give yourself a goal. Give yourself a mission, a no excuses, no ifs, ands, or buts has to be done. That means that I have to get up today. That means I have to perform today. That means I have to get done with whatever has to be done. And then I have to make it tomorrow till tomorrow because I still, the, the, the mission is not done. I still got more to do, you know? And so you know, anybody, and this is us in general, anybody listen that's in a, uh, you know, a mental health uh, institute or something like that. And I don't mean the patrons, I mean the actual workers or, or even hopefully the uh, administrators and stuff. Take, go rewind that, listen to that again and understand that if you want to help your people with suicide, and severe depression and stuff like that. And I've been using this for almost two years now. Unbeknownst to me, that's what I've been doing. Uh, it only became clear about seven months ago. I've been giving people missions. And through those missions, it's saving lives. Because there's no excuses, no fans or buts. They know that that's something that they have to get done. And I let them, it's up to them to find that mission. But it's so much more powerful than just trying to set a goal. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story on how this has impacted at least one gentleman in, in my life. And it's a, a veteran. Uh, he got out of the military and within about, Oh, I think it was not, not quite three months, about two and a half months, his wife committed suicide. And uh, they have one boy. Uh, the boy at that time was seven or eight years old. And the guy got a hold of me. And I uh, it was through a friend of a friend of a friend. And somehow or another, he got a hold of me and was telling me that the, the initial call was more of, what can I do with my son when I'm gone? And I'm like, well, you're not gone. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, you got a lot of, and I do, I got a lot of connections with a lot of people. Yeah, I know I'm not gone, but if I do happen to be gone, what would happen with my son? Like, where would he go? What can we do with him? Because uh, his parents had passed away and her parents uh, weren't a choice, weren't an option that he wanted to give his son. And I said, well, instead of worrying about what's going to happen to your son, why don't we worry about what you need to do for your son. Like, what's what's the mission behind that? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, your son's young right now, so what's what's the goal for your son? What's the mission? What What's something that you have to have that has to be done for your son? 
What do you want to see him do? Well, I want to see him graduate high school. I said, okay. Now notice what I just said. He wanted to see him graduate high school. When you're dealing with people that are talking about mental health and suicide and different things, pay attention to their words because those words are actually what they're saying and it's what they're thinking, but they've got another voice in their head that's also talking. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I said, okay, uh, we'll call him Mike. I said, Mike, here's what we're going to do. I said, we need to figure out a game plan for the next six months to make sure that he gets, because it was middle of school year. I said, to make sure that, you know, he graduates from, uh, what was he in first, first or second? Let's see. Second grade. He was in second grade. And uh, I said, let's, let's figure out what, what's it going to take for that. And so we literally stayed on the phone. I stayed on the phone with this guy for about three hours and we figured out a game plan and a mission for him every year till his son graduates. And I said, okay, whenever all this is over, we'll sit back down and we'll make a new mission. What would he, you know, we'll worry about that. And he's like, well, I already can tell you. And this guy's telling me now what his new mission's going to be. And I said, well, what's that? Well, we got to get him through college. Or if he wants to go in the military, you know, he can do that. I'm like, all right, well, let's get him through high school. We'll worry about that later. He's like, all right. And I hear from this guy, uh, I hear from him through text messages and stuff about once every other week. But phone call wise, we talk probably once a month. And every time he's, I'm literally, I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, what's up? Uh, what did I say his name was? Mike. <laughs> I said, hey, what's up, Mike? How's the mission going? And he's like, dude, I'm on track. And, and that's what that's what a mission will do for you. Mission, it doesn't have to be this big grand, I want to be a millionaire. I want to provide a yacht for my kid. I want to, he wants to get his kid through high school. That's a mission. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and a lot of these stories that you had and the, the people that you've been working with, they've really been your inspiration to create your new book that recently released called Broken Gratitude. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. No, it, uh, yeah, it's, for me, gratitude was a lesson that I, uh, I learned in holding my mom's hand when she passed away. Uh, she had polio her whole life, so she was in a wheelchair. And she was always so grateful for life. And, and growing up, you know, as a kid and even young adult, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. I knew mom was always happy and she always seemed to be like she was the center of attention. Like people would come to our house. We always had 15, 20 people at our house and and everybody just knew like she was the blessing. She was the power. And, and I knew it, but I wasn't like, you know, I was the kid. I was like, yeah, that's just my mom. Uh, but I knew, <clears throat> I knew when she passed away and, and literally I was holding her hand when she passed that in that moment, mom could walk, you know, for the first time in my life, mom could walk and she could run and she could climb a tree, ride a bike, all these things that she had never done here. And I also knew in that moment that mom gave me that blessing my whole life. And that was a gratitude that even though she couldn't do what we do every day and we don't even think about it, she still had so much gratitude for the life that God granted her. And I was like, yep, okay, that's it. I'm in, I'm in. I want to know, and I'm still on this mission, even though I wrote the book and, and I, I literally study gratitude what is that true full meaning of a life of gratitude to understand that, that you are the gift that God gave this earth and through you, he gave you gratitude. So that means you are gratitude and it's okay to put yourself first above your kids, above your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, 
everything, because without you, the world really is a smaller place. And that means that you are such a huge blessing. And you should be so grateful for yourself first. And when you really apply that, and I, and I you know, again, I, I'm not 100%, but I, I feel like I'm probably at that 98% mark. I fill up everybody around me. And that's the true blessing of it. That's the true magic of it. You know, so uh, broken gratitude is is learn how to live your life of gratitude and allowing yourself to be first in that life. You know, and and just as people do it, I I know a few people that because that's this is the way I talk around people. <laughs> so people, so I get a lot of people. You know, hey Sammy, this happened to me today, and oh man, I was so grateful. And they're talking about like bad things. Damn I had a flat tire today, and you know what, dude? It didn't even bother me. Like, I I was like, well, look at all the good things going on around me. Changed my tire, and boom, all right, day went on, and it was fine. I'm like, yep, there you go. Dude, that's gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's truly, it's, it's an amazing shift in my life, and I've seen it happen in other people's lives. And, and, we, and in our world right now, we need more gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and people are looking for it. I feel like we're all looking for, you know, something that is missing in our external world. And I feel like this is the time to start looking within or at least start to realize that like, hey, maybe we are what's been missing all along. I love that you say, you know, expressing gratitude for yourself. And this is something that I talk a lot about on the podcast about Filling your cup first, like taking care of yourself first, because when you're not coming from your fullness, you can't show up and be a best of benefit to anybody else around you. And so that's the most beautiful thing that you can do for yourself, for your family, for your neighbors, like for the world is just to really make sure that you are taking care of yourself first and then realizing that like you are you know, it could sound bad, but like you're the center of your life. Like you are that focal point. And so take care of it because it's, it's also your mindset. That's kind of interpreting the life that you're going to experience and then how you're able to show up for, for those around you. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of people do find it very hard. I mean, I, I asked before I wrote, wrote the book, I asked over 200 people, the simple question of what are you most grateful for? And out of over 200 people, two people said themselves, you know, and there's no wrong answer. There's no bad answer. There's, you know, most of them was my kids or my family and, and stuff like that. And that's great. But it really got me thinking of why don't we say ourselves? Why don't we? Cause we really are that special. We are like, I really look, I look at everybody around me. I go, dude, I don't care if you're a bad person or a good person. You're still a gift. And without your presence, the world is a smaller place. You know, and it's to allow people to see that in themselves, they have to get over the self-judgment. They have to get over the judgment of others. And they have to get over the uh the feeling of selfishness. Because those are the three big ones, you know. Oh, Sammy, I can't put myself first. Like that's a selfish good be selfish be a hundred percent selfish because your kids are worth it because your family that you put first is worth it and they're not getting a hundred percent of you so put yourself first be a hundred percent and watch those relationships grow even more than what they are right now the judgment of of others let them judge you because as long as I'm on this path and I'm going higher and higher and and more and more becoming the true all empowered Sammy that I want to be, they can judge me, but it's going to be a judgment of somebody that wants. You know, it's a judgment. It's coming from a place of, man, I wish I had what he had. Well, you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm setting the path up. Just follow the path here. Come on up. I want you to follow this path. Let's go. And if you want to judge me along the way, fine. Come on, judge away. You know, but as long as you're traveling, let's let's do it. Because mm-hmm. you're worth it. 
your family's worth it. Your kids are worth it. You know? So, yeah. Absolutely. So what does the living a life of gratitude looks like? Is that something that you explain in the book? Like how can people start, you know, being grateful in their lives if that's something that they haven't really been practicing? It's so there, there's a lot of ways. I explain it in three ways. If you can be grateful for the unknown people in your life, that's one aspect. If you can be grateful for the known people in your life, that's another aspect. And then last but not least, be truthfully truthfully grateful about with yourself. Now, the, the unknown people, those are the people that you'll never see, you'll never meet. Uh, I describe it like this. Me and a friend of mine went to uh, Home Depot one day. And we went in, we bought some stuff, and we got back out to the truck, and, and he had bought some stuff, and I did. And he said, hold on a minute, I got to run back in. So he runs back in the store, comes back out a couple minutes later, and I said, well, what was that all about? And he pulls out this little bitty thing, I don't remember what it was, but a little bitty thing, and he said, I forgot, I didn't, I didn't, uh, they didn't charge me for this, so I wanted to go back in and pay for it. And I said, well, how much was it? And it was like $2.30 or something. It was nothing. And I said, really, dude? I said, that's a billion-dollar company. Like, they don't care that you didn't pay for that little $2 item. And this here is what changed my life with unknown people. He said, I don't care what they think. He said, I know that me buying that item, I just help a truck driver pay uh, uh, feed his family tonight. The factory that where that product was made, I just helped them pay their bills. I just helped the cashier make sure that she had a job today. And and he went on and on. And That's amazing that you care that much about people that you will never, ever meet in your life. And he understood to be grateful for those people because without them, he doesn't get the product. And without him, they don't get to eat or pay their bills or whatever it is. And I was like, that is a, that is a, uh, a level of gratitude that now I have achieved, but how many of us don't think about that? Mm-hmm. And it's when you start thinking of things that way, everything, that's when it changes your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, the first time I did an exercise like that. I felt like my mind was just like, honestly, like it was just blown. Like I was, it was, um, yeah, it was so impactful. It almost brought me to tears because when we were looking at the value chain, basically like whose hands and whose lives affected and like, you know, I'm looking at you on a computer screen right now. Oh my gosh. We got miners in there with like getting the, whatever the mineral, the gold, whatever's in there. Like, I don't even know plastic. Like we have the people, the designers to make the zoom, like the programmer, like just so much. (laughs) Like literally we have the world at our fingertips when we can really just look wherever you are right now, just look around yourself and you'll notice like the world is in everything because everybody's lives is affecting that. And that is such a grateful feeling, right? Um, I always think like, I just send like love and like, thank you. And like deep appreciation for everybody throughout that process. How much do you feel that gratitude? So we say it and we can affirm that we're grateful for something, but it's really about the feeling that we feel more than just saying it, right? Yeah. And that's, again, most people right now, when they say, uh, you know, I, I, at my speaking events, you know, somebody will come up and I'll go, oh, man, I'm so grateful for you today. You know, thank you so much. Did they say that to affirm it to themselves? Did they say it to affirm it to me? Most times, and, and again, I'm I'm happy. I I want everybody to come up to me and say they're grateful for being there. What most people don't understand is the gratitude they have in their life right now is an ego thing. Mm. It's more of a, if I say this, I sound good. If I'm doing a, uh, a gratitude journal, then 
at least I'm putting in the effort. And again, keep doing it. I, I want you to keep doing it, but understand the meaning, like why you're really doing it and what it really means to you. It's not just a gratitude journal to say tomorrow <clears throat> when I'm talking to my friends, I can go, hey, dude, I started doing a gratitude journal. Oh, man. Yeah, I wrote down 10 things last night. Oh, yeah, man. I, oh, I'm so grateful. Like, are you? Are you really? You know, the, the two people I will tell you out of the over 200 that I'd asked, the two people that actually said themselves. One was a lady that had a stroke the night. Uh, during the night while she was sleeping and she woke up and half her body was paralyzed. Wow. And she said, I'm so grateful for myself. You know, me and you had talked before this and, and you went through a, a car accident and you're so grateful for the power that that car accident, while it was horrible and this and that, and this lady that, that went through this stroke, she, now she's, she's walking and she's talking and she's she, everything's normal, you know, per se. And she's like, I'm so grateful for me that I was able to do that. And so I put myself first because I know without me, I'm not able to do that. Nobody else could recover. Nobody else could go through that recovery the way that I did and be here right now. And then the, the gentleman that said himself was a three time suicide survivor. And my response was to him was, did you not understand God had a plan for you after the first attempt didn't go right? <laughs> <laughs> and and so that's he lives his life literally now through gratitude and very powerful, awesome, awesome man. I, it was a blessing to have him in my life. Um, but it, it's like you have to go through that to really understand what gratitude is in your life and and i'm hoping this book and and through my stories and the tiktoks and, and podcasts and listen even listening to you i you know very powerful person that they don't have to go through that big traumatic thing to understand and live this ex extraordinary life you can live it just by wanting to live it and and following the rules and, and doing what you have to do to allow yourself to achieve that you know, you don't have to go through the car wreck. You don't have to go through the stroke. You don't have to try to commit suicide. You can have it all just by wanting it and going after it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I like how you talk about that with the, with the woman in the stroke saying that, you know, she had to do it because no one else could do that internal work. And that's something that I thought about a lot after my accident too, because yes, I am grateful for like all of the providers and the doctors and the medication early on and all of that. But ultimately I had to like really hone in and be like, but wait, it's still my body's response to all of those therapies. And so, yes, okay, some people could be like, oh my God, that's really like selfish of you to think like that. But it's just a mind trick to really, because really, I believe that life happens through us, life happens within. And so life won't actually really get better for us unless we learn to really love ourselves. And that's when we start recognizing the incredible being that we are and like, yes, we have support in our external environment. Of course, we're grateful for so many things, but ultimately it's coming through you. Like you are the ultimate being in your life. And so turn that gratitude inward because life is expressed by you. And so it doesn't get better until you focus within and on yourself. And yeah. so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, no. And I, and I loved what you said there. It's, it's, with, you know, whether it's yourself or even somebody on the outside, again, you know, going, oh, that's kind of selfish thing to say. Good. Be selfish. Be proudly selfish. Because if you weren't that powerful going through that process, you're not sitting here today. Or you are sitting here and you're in a different capacity. So, Jessica, let me say thank you for being selfish. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're very welcome. And likewise. <laughs>
So can we talk a little bit about the stories that are in your book? Do you have some stories from other individuals that have been kind of a source of inspiration or is it your life? And do you have some moments like with your mother, when you were saying that you were very grateful, are there other like pivotal moments that you feel like you really felt that sense of gratitude um, that maybe is shared in your book, I guess is what I'm trying to come across here. Oh yeah. Uh, The, the stories in the book. So the, I'll say this. The first chapter is how I came to gratitude. And that's the story of my mom uh, and me. And then the other, and then there's five more chapters. It's a, it's a short read. It's literally, it's 52 pages. I kept it short. Uh, you know, we, we live in that society now. Let's, if I'm, if I'm going to get people to read, at least make it a quick read. But the other five chapters are just principles to uh, apply in your life. And they're, the chapters are like it's a story not necessarily my story like the story of my buddy going to home depot that's in the chapter you know and it's okay here's the story so here's the problem and here's the solution you know so it's kind of a story problem solution based chapters you know uh the question that you asked that's not in the book, if there was another another time in my life that really affected me and showed me what how grateful I should be for my life, uh, it was quite a few years ago. I had a gentleman wife. I was fresh open in business. I, I was brand new in, com- in uh, construction of business. And I had one employee and he rode with me every day. I had a little Ford Ranger truck. He rode with me every day in the passenger seat. Uh, One night we had got some ice and a little bit of snow and ice. And he called me that next morning before we were getting ready to leave. And he said, hey, I got to take my kid to school. I'm not going to be able to ride with you. I'll meet you at the job. No problem. Now, this man had rode my passenger seat for almost four months. And that morning he called me and said he couldn't. And I'm driving to I'm driving to the job. I'm in a fa- I'm in the fast lane of a five lane highway, and I'm doing about forty miles an hour. I hit some black ice. Truck turned sideways, slams into the center concrete barrier, uh, kicked me back across the five lanes of highway, and on my way back across the highway, heading towards traffic. Uh, all I see is this this diesel truck, an 18-wheeler coming at me. And I knew, all right, well, I guess I'm I guess I'm done. You know, and it and it really is crazy. You hear about it and you maybe you've kind of seen it in movies and stuff like that. Like the world slows down. And, and what I know physically was seconds felt like minutes and minutes. And the the cab of the truck missed me. I actually went in between the cab of the truck and the trailer and the whole 56 foot of the trailer went over top of my truck, right over directly over top of me. And the back wheels kicked me when the back wheels hit my truck. They actually kicked me out from under the truck and back across the highway. I slammed back into the concrete barrier and came to a stop facing traffic in between two lanes and I sat there when it was all said and done I sat there and I'm like okay I I lived and I opened up my driver's side door it opened right up I didn't have to fight it didn't struggle it opened right up I got out I wasn't paying attention and I just ran across all the five lanes and I got up on the embankment you know out of the traffic's way and I sat there from the hill and watched a 34 car pile up caused by my truck. Nobody else hit my truck, but I knew that that was the reason that people were hitting each other and hitting the median and hitting the ditch. And, and it was complete chaos for probably three minutes. And then it was over. A little bit later, I'm sitting in a cop car because it was cold out and, and I was anyway, I was sitting in this cop car and the cop, he comes back up to the car and, and, and I was fine. I didn't have a, my, my wrist and my ankle were a little bit sore. 
I didn't have a scratch on me. And the cop comes up to the car and he's like, Mr. Ferens, are you doing okay? Are you okay? Are you in shock? You know? And I said, no, I, I think I'm fine. And I said, here's my question though. Cause there was ambulance, there was fire departments. There was two helicopters overhead. I mean, it was craziness. And I said, how's everybody doing? Because I know that I'm the reason that this all just happened. And this is gratitude. There's so many gratitude parts, but this was a huge one. He said, not one person has been hurt. The ambulance, we're sending the ambulance back to the hospital because we don't need them. Nobody's hurt. Wow. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, how is that even possible? Because I watched the chaos and nobody was hurt. And so a little that afternoon, <clears throat> Uh, they had hauled my truck over to a, a junkyard. And that afternoon I go over, cause I really hadn't seen the truck. I was, I was probably traumatized or something at that moment. Cause I wasn't focused on my truck or anything else other than if people were okay. But we went over to get stuff out of my truck and we pull up and all we see is the driver's side of my truck and it's fine. Like it didn't look different at all. And I opened the driver's door and the whole passenger side of the truck where that gentleman sat for three and a half or four months was gone. And he wasn't there that day. And when I sat in the truck, the metal of the truck formed over my shoulder and over my hip, like perfectly. It was like I was a fit glove getting put into a spot or something. I don't know, but, and that told me, okay, you know, God's got a purpose for me. He's got a reason that there's, there's too many variables here mm -hmm. that I'm still here and to get in that truck and have the, the metal literally form over my shoulder and then over my head and know that, that this gentleman, his name was Matt, that Matt wasn't in that truck that day. And that was the first time in months, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in God. What do you, what, yeah. what, what do you got for me? I'm in. <laughs> that's oh my gosh wow that's incredible and you know thank god nobody was hurt and that's I have I mean I have no words for it that's just absolutely incredible and I, I've we've all seen like on movies and stuff the you know like when there's a big car pile up and and all the things are happening the noises and this and that I will tell you it's not even close watching it happen for real life to hear people screaming and hollering and, and listening to the sound of metal crashing movies do a good job, but it's not even close. Mm -hmm. And, and to know sitting in that cop car and that cop tell me nobody's hurt. I, I was astonished. I could not believe it. I just, you know, I knew it had to be real bad and it wasn't, mm -hmm. I mean, it was bad physically, uh, vehicle wise, <laughs> Right, but, total the cars, yeah. but you yeah. know the what really matters is our lives and the fact that yeah. everyone was okay. Like, what a sign! What a clear sign of something so much <laughs> bigger, right? So, so let me ask you because how I mean, I'm sure it must have just been like a wave of incredible emotion for you, and definitely a sense of gratitude. But even with that experience. How much is gratitude like an ongoing process for you in every day? I guess what I, what I like to paint the picture of is that, you know, we, we face these beautiful and incredible circumstances and situations, but that doesn't mean that the work stops there. Like we don't, like it's mm -hmm. difficult for us because I mean, everyday life, there's so many stressors, there's things going on. And so it's often hard to maintain that state all the time, no matter how grateful we are for that experience. And so how much is gratitude still a daily practice for you? We're never going to be like a finished package where we don't have to work on ourselves anymore. It's always mm -hmm. something that we continue doing. I guess it goes down to, you know, you're talking about like having that mission too, where it's something that you just keep striving towards. That it, uh, for me personally, uh, it is a day, it's a daily, um, 
learning process. It's a daily being conscious of the gratitude in my life. Um, I, it's really, I do now consider myself to live that life of gratitude. It, it's, it's a, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's a conscious effort for me now. You know, it, it is, and we've all heard this, whatever you, you know, you strive for, you think about that's where you're going to go. I think about the gratitude in my life and I, to the point where bad things are going to happen. Negative things happen to us. There's no ifs, ands, or buts getting around it. That Stuff's going to happen. But it's always our choice how we want to deal with it. It's our choice on how we react. And for me, my reaction now is because I was that angry guy. I was that, you know, hey, let's go get in a street fight. And that would that was okay. And then and chaos and, and just allowed negativity and negative people and and things I really didn't want in my life. That was all, well, that's just the norm. That's just the way it is. And now living in this life, I'm like, no. I, it's not normal. It's not my life. It's not the life that I want. I want exactly what I want is what I strive for. So what I want is to wake up every day and go first thing in the morning. Thank you, God, for allowing me to wake up today because I'm already winning. Like I already look at it like I don't care if, if it's going to snow outside, if we're getting tornadoes today. I won the day starting off because I woke up on this side of the ground. Uh, I'm already ahead. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to me, up to me and my choices. Do I stay ahead today or do I start to fall backwards? Because I woke up, I'm at a hundred percent. I'm good. You know, now I can get up and, oh crap, I forgot to make coffee last night. Well, I can either make the coffee and be happy and grateful that I can, that I have coffee, that I have a coffee cup, that I have creamer, that I'm able to make the coffee right now. My water's still running at my house. So yay, I can make water. I can, I can make coffee. Or do I go, man, Sammy, you idiot. Oh God. And I can complain and gripe and roll and moan and run. And then I still make the coffee and I still get the same outcome. But was I grateful for the outcome or was I? pissing and moaning and I still got the same outcome. You know, if I'm living that life of gratitude, it's yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. I, okay. Yeah. I forgot. Well, Oh yeah. Why did I forget? Well, I, cause my dog was throwing up on the carpet. So I was more worried about that last night, you know, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that my dog threw up on the carpet because that means he's still alive this morning and Hey, I've got carpet cleaner and I can clean that up and the bad stuff's still going to happen. How do I handle it? How do I deal with it? How do I live it? You know, and for me, it's a choice, you know? And so it's, it is a daily practice. It is a daily study. It is a daily, I'm reading a book right now, Jeffrey Gittimer Worthless. This is about customer service and how to treat your customer with gratitude. Oh, interesting. I mean, that's yeah yeah and it's like oh you know just like my buddy did at the home depot he looked at these people he didn't even know and he was so blessed to have them in his life in this book he talks about salespeople, and you do know your customer how grateful for are you for that person that just bought your product or service like do you look at that person and go dude i thank you with all i got Cause you just made sure my family ate tonight. You just made sure that I paid my bills this month and I will forever be in your debt for that. I will forever be in your graces for that. Most salespeople go, thanks for the money. See you later. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, I, I literally do. I practice, um, uh, I try to practice what I preach <laughs> and that is, yeah. Uh, to to live the fullest life that I can. And, and I know that that's going to spill out and go over to other people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love that you say, you know, it could be just when you open your eyes in the morning and you wake up, like I'm thankful for this new day. And then I opened my eyes, you know, because sometimes I feel like when people think of gratitude, it's like, Oh, okay. It has to be something like really, really big. And like, I don't really have that, but no, it doesn't at all. That that's not what gratitude is. Like we can be thankful for, you know, the, the simple little things, like the way our body functions and everything. And once you start on that grateful kind of mindset on that grateful feeling, then it just continues growing. Right. And as you were saying, when you're waking up, well, then you're grateful for the coffee and all of that. Like it just continues to amplify as you continue your day and and you have the choice to be able to make that. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sammy, thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Do you want to let everybody know where they can find your book, Broken Gratitude and where they can connect with you if they want to learn more? Uh, you can go, the, the book is on, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, or you could go to my website <laughs> at, uh, it's discovermentaledge.com and you can go on there and, and order the book, uh, that talks about <clears throat> my, uh, my speaking engagements, what, what I speak on and different things like that. I, I do have a couple workshops and all on there, um, you can go to discover mental edge and just, it's a free, you know, it's a free website. If you just want to find out more about me and sign up, I do a weekly blog, um, you know, that I, I really try to impact people through the blog too. And, uh, and I'd love to just have y'all there just to give me feedback on the blog and, you know, tell me if, if it's really awesome and it helped change your life or yeah, Sammy, that one wasn't so good. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm grateful for your information either way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, it all offers like a learning opportunity, right? And to grow and evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. What a fantastic conversation with incredible and powerful stories. All right. Here are today's self-empowerment takeaways. One, keep yourself open to new directions and possibilities because sometimes the universe has another plan for us. Two, Feel your way into gratitude. Don't just say it. Change only happens on an energetic level and our energy state is shown to us through feeling. And so we really wanna make sure that we're feeling grateful when we're saying it. That's really the whole point of a gratitude practice. Three, show gratitude on three levels, the unknown, the known, and for yourself. Focusing on the value chain of any given object is a great way to do this. And so wherever you are right now, look around you and just pick an object and think about whose hands it had to go through to get to you today. Can you feel grateful for everybody involved on that path? Four, it's okay to put yourself first. In fact, it's necessary. This is something I mentioned often on the podcast. And so if you have been listening to me for a while, you're probably familiar with it. We really need to fill our own cup first and we can fill others with that overflow. Five, give yourself a mission. A mission is non-negotiable, and missions can have goals within them, and those goals allow for flexibility within it, but the mission always remains the same. For example, my mission is to help others empower themselves, and I used to do this by providing others with kombucha, which is a fermented functional beverage to help them fuel their bodies so that they can show up as their best. But then I transitioned into hosting this podcast so that I can spread a message on empowerment. I wrote a mindset book. I started speaking in front of audiences and I started offering self-image coaching. Every activity, every goal that I'm doing is a way to fulfill my ultimate mission of helping others empower themselves. And so the activities and the goals may change, but the mission never will. Everything I do is another way of embodying my mission. Can you think of what your mission in life is? I would love to hear it. I would also love to hear any takeaways you got from today's call. And so as always, please leave a rating and review of this podcast episode on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this right now. If you're listening on Spotify, please go ahead and answer the question that I had asked within the episode page itself. I asked, what is your biggest takeaway? And I would love to hear from you as well. If you're watching this episode on our new YouTube channel, 
go ahead and leave a comment. Again, I would love to hear from you. Thanks for being here with me today. And until next time, stay empowered. Thanks for being here. I hope you got just as much value out of today's episode as I did. If you feel called, please leave a rating and review of this podcast and share this episode with someone who you feel would benefit from the conversation we had. It's going to help us reach more people. And this is just one way that we can all help empower each other from the inside out.